life on the road. It's bees, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and bees, fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Just somebody you wouldn't think. You wouldn't think. It's a very obscure movie. Very obscure. What was the name of that movie? I'm sorry. Mickey One. Mickey One with Warren Beatty? Yeah. It's It's like, I think it's like 65 or something. It's a real dark black and white little movie. And it's it's really great. You know, the mob's chasing him and he leaves New York and he goes to Chicago to try to hide out, but he can't stay off stage. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. And he he starts going on again and he starts doing well. And the word gets out of this funny young comic in Chicago. And the mob goes, that's our boy. And they go get him. That sounds good. Yeah. Mickey One. Yeah. Mickey One. It's great. Hey, thanks for tuning in the Road Stories podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Murray Valeriano, coming to you from a gorgeous Southern California day. Uh, looking. Well, actually, it's kind of cooled down. It's down to 78, I think, today. But I'm leaving the windows open, so if you hear any traffic, uh, I apologize. Um, let's get to it, That's since Gary Brightwell fun. was late. That's what makes it fun, when you can hear Oh, you, you think oh, so? Just a guy, and, you know, not in a no big, huge, fancy studio, but... You like to hear the stuff like, in the background? Yeah, he likes seeing movies where the boom mic comes into the frame yeah. or stuff like that. I like just showing like there's just regular people making a movie, That's you know. Right. I don't I don't need a lot of CGI or the actors that know the dialogue or stuff. I just like regular people out there making a movie. I pay fifteen dollars to see. <laughs> All right, fine. Well, hopefully we'll get some jackhammering and he'll. Well, and he'll no, I, I mean I understand that if you know if the guy's running his. That's the worst blower. It's the worst thing, man. Around here, there's so much construction going on. Everybody's redoing their house. And it's just recording this thing has been a nightmare the last couple of weeks. That's why we're doing it on a Sunday. Yeah, I've moved it to the weekends, my recording days to the weekends. And man, we're. Well, you know, real estate prices are going up in LA and you. Got to make hay when the sun is shining. That's you know what? That's the <laughs> honey. Truth. We can fix the bedroom now. <laughs> Let's, honey, let's put more money in this house so I can guarantee not retirement. Okay, <laughs> that's where we're at. Joining me today, uh, 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 had them both on the show before. Really excited. Uh, uh, we're gonna call him the late Gary Brightwell. He was, I was eleven five minutes. minutes. Eleven. It's okay. Eleven. 11. <laughs> 11 minutes late. <laughs> but uh, you can, uh, of course, you know Gary Brightwell, who wrote on a classic, classic television show, Country Fried Home Videos, <laughs> which is yeah, where we right. met. That's right. Uh, with Bill Ingvall. He opens for Bill Ingvall. You can also catch him uh, every Monday with Bill Ingvall on Sirius XM Channel 97. And, and, I was, and myself, and now I'm a regular on there. So if you don't... Uh, Get enough of my voice on this podcast, Channel 97, Sirius XM, every Monday. And then sitting across from him is the legendary. Yes. The legendary. Uh, tonight, he's been on Tonight Show. He's been on Letterman. He's written for Roseanne. He is also in Roxanne, which I watched the other day. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, that's rich. I got to have him back on the show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right. I've, uh, I've had two. Uh, oh, Rich Seidner. Sorry, I forgot to say your name. <laughs> Rich Seidner's right. here. Uh, I've had two Roxanne comics on here. I've had you and Max Alexander. Oh, yeah. Have I had Neilan yet? or Who? Neilan, Kevin Neilan. He was in the scene with me. I was drunk number one, I think, and he was drunk number two or vice versa. Right. Kevin Neilan was? Yeah, it was Kevin yeah. Neilan and I had a sword fight with, with Steve Martin at the beginning of the movie. Right, right. We have ski poles in the summer for no reason. No reason was given. <laughs> I didn't know that was Neilan. I have to go back and watch that. Uh, no, I haven't had it. I've been trying to get Kevin on for a while. Yeah, I haven't had yeah. him on there. Or uh, Steve Middleman, was that? Middleman? Middleman was in Middleman's in that movie. Okay, Max yeah. Alexander's in that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, of course, um, uh, Damon Wayne's is in that movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. one of the ones where they just went. Comics were hot. I think mm-hmm. it was like '87 when we got the casting. You know, the movie, and it, I don't think any of us really auditioned. Oh, it was yeah. one like you, 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 and you come be in this movie. Oh, that's cool. And stand-up comedy was so hot. Right, it's like exactly. we'll just add them to everything. <laughs> I mean, I actually did an American Bandstand. Really, they had comics like, on American I, Bandstand. I was, it was. I think I was the first, maybe one of the only. <laughs> Uh, maybe Blake Clark did it for you know it's just like let's add stand up comedy to everything right right you know and um, so I get there and of course I was like you know wow I grew up watching this I'm on American Expand stand sure sure so you're stand up on the thing with Dick Clark I'm standing up there and he's you know ten feet away and he gives right. me the introduction and these kids just stop dancing so there's all these young teenagers just like. 
<laughs> just looking at you, you know. And I start to do material, and they're just staring at me. And I do like one joke, and maybe into the second joke, it's not going well at all. You can tell her that, and Dick Clark just stops. He goes, "Oh, oh, stop! Everything, stop!" You know, he's standing behind sure. his little little lectern there. Right. Everybody, stop, stop! And they all stop me, looking at me. Goes, "Listen, this man I brought out here is very funny. When he talks, you laugh at him." <laughs> So that's what happened. I start talking. They just start laughing. They're, not, they're laughing through the setup. They're, they don't know where the punchline's coming. It's, it's, it's just, a fall, just, like, just a trail of laughter following my words. Up and down. And they're like, ha, ha, Then they'd suck in air and ha, ha. You know, like trying to fake those laughs. And they're just looking at each other. Now, should we laugh now? You go now. I'll go later. You know, just, and it was just bizarre performance. It's so amazing to me. Because like I said, they just would add comics to everything. But no one would like use the advice of somebody to go look it's got to be set up this way no no just yeah. add them they just, just add, add them. them it's like Put it was a on. spice like we were just the right. we were the pepper spice for for the late 80s you know? just this is it man this is it blackened comics you know like a blackened uh, yeah, blackened uh pepper sea you know sea bass or something just right. like this is the way we're serving them everybody's getting blackened comics now just <laughs> just you're like the spice that's yeah, it they put them in everything you're the second person i know who's done american bandstand really mm -hmm. my dad was on it when he was a kid He's a oh, he's a oh, he's a dancer. Yeah, he oh, danced wow. on it. Wow. I guess they originally originated in Philly. Yes, it yeah. did. Yeah, my yes, dad grew did. up outside Philly, so he was one of the, he danced on American he had a Bandstand. That was on it too, dancer. My dad had a pretty. My dad has got more credits than I do. Now that I think about it, he was on American Bandstand. He's on Ed Sullivan. Your dad was, my, on, Ed was on Ed Sullivan. What did he do? He was he was the 1955 Little League World Series champions. Oh wow! So Ed Sullivan had him on. Wow. That's when the World Series only included the United States. And you are yeah. no, yes, exactly. <laughs> and you don't like sports at all. No, Zero. None. <laughs> Zero. None. 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 Should have heard the Did dad push a little too hard, Murray. Yeah, exactly. Did dad say, "Boy, you just rub a little bit of dirt on that there scrape. Get back out there." You I got back punk. at it. I got back at him when I joined the marching band in high school. <laughs> there you go, pops. Sure, I'll put on a uniform. <laughs> I'll be at the games. Yeah, I'll be at the games. Stick around at halftime. Don't get a dog, Dad. I'm coming out in the field. <laughs> I'll put on a uniform, but it's going to have a sash. <laughs> Watch me high step, Pops. <laughs> I got feathers in my hat. <laughs> That's it's great. a plume. Let's get the terminology <laughs> correct. Even Murray backs up. That's a plume, man. <laughs> no punk feathers. Yeah, that's great. Oh, it's good, man. That's funny. So, what have you been up to lately, Rich? Have you ever been doing this one man show, right? Yeah, I'm doing that, uh, which is great. It's just about stand up. It's a little mm -hmm. story about stand up, and it's, it happens through my journey through that early 80s. Yeah. And um, doing that, I'm writing a script for HBO for a Bill Maher book, an oh, good. adaptation of a Bill Maher book called True Story. And uh, just doing stand-up out there, my little elephant graveyard tour, going yes. back all the places I used to play one more time. <laughs> oh, really? Is this, is this the one more I time? I just keel over one of those places. <laughs> Some of that, yeah. Well, didn't Mueller say, like, as long as you come back for less money, you can, you can work for the rest of your life? Absolutely. <laughs> That's a great one. That's, I remember that, but that first time I went back to a club, and, you know, it was like, it was like that, all my... Five development deals that panned out. No mm -hmm. pilot that I did, and it became a right. series. You know, and your the agent goes, "Well, there's nothing for you in Hollywood. Head right back out there." And I remember the first club I went to. There's the first time they offered me less money, the first time. Right. And I went to the club. The club owner goes, "Hey, man, I'm sorry, Rich, but I, I look, I can get a younger guy to do your act for less money." And it was the first <laughs> crack in the wall. I went, uh oh. And then, like, almost immediately out of nowhere, I got a call from somebody going, hey, I booked these cruise ship lines. I go, How? the word got out so fast. <laughs> I go, I'm on the downward side of the slope, man. There's no getting back. And he's like, no, I'm not doing cruise ships yet. No, I'm not doing cruise ships yet. He goes, well, when you're ready to do them, let me know. Because the word's out, my friend. Oh, wow. <laughs> because that's my whole thing. You know, you have a certain amount of time in mm -hmm. the comedy clubs. You're like an athlete. You have a certain amount of time. Right. And at the end of that time, you know, they either follow you out to the theaters or you follow them out to the cruise ships. <laughs> but somebody's following somebody. Yeah. It's like that in the marching band also. <laughs> Not just athletes. <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't uh I I skew my uh material to older people. So I will never get a younger guy doing old guy material. Right. But don't you feel like cuz you skew it that way when they, you do get the the club work, you know, rarely when they go, "Oh, we want you back in the club." And then you stand on there and you're like, "Oh my, I'm so, like crazy old i can't that's when that's, this. that's or like or you get like a college 
No, I don't you do get colleges. college. I don't Once do in a college. while, you would get. I'm gonna go to college and go and lecture like... on the Civil War. That's always hard <laughs> me as a stand-up. But I would just, I would like do the jokes, then I would be so angry. And it's like, you know, because they weren't, like, they weren't, they didn't relate to anything. And I was like, I was like, no, this is funny. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Oh, I don't even. Yeah. Don't even you know, they were like college. They didn't get sarcasm. They were like moan things. Like you're just barely out of your parents' house for God's sake. <laughs> well, the language has changed anyway. The younger people are more like the the deadpan irony. You yeah. know, like a lot of stand-up performers mm-hmm. going, I'm just going to stand up here. I'm not going to give you anything. You'll find out whether it's funny yourself. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not making a commitment to this stuff. <laughs> uh, kind of like that. I'm not, I'm too cool to actually try to be funny, but I'm hoping you'll laugh. So we are talking before you got here. Uh, you're going to Vegas in a couple of weeks, Rich. Yeah. I'll be in Vegas in a few weeks. Yeah. I guess a week after you. How's Vegas changed working Vegas? Because I, I don't know. I think, I think Gary and I have talked about this before. I, I love the old school Vegas well, that's stuff. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I love, I like, when Max was on, he was talking about Open for Sinatra, and I right. had Tom Teresa on. Right. I love that golden age of Vegas. Right. And well, you must have caught the tail end of that, right? I, I did. I opened up for a, a few people in Las Vegas mm-hmm. in the early 80s, and, the, and of course, Tom Dreesen, you know, is much more of that than I was. But that's all gone, that opening act work. And you used to be able to make a really good living being an opening. I got paid a really good money just to open for, for bands and, and, right. and acts in Vegas. But that's all gone because one of the reasons is, if you know this, there's so many comics now. Right. There are like 70, 80 comics hanging around Vegas. That's oh, why yeah. even the, the openers, the MC, will, they're like $25 a set. So they will all undercut each other. Mm-hmm. And you can talk to any of the guys who are veterans who've been around Vegas for a while and they'll tell you, go, there was a period, you know, somewhere in the late 80s where comics started moving over to Vegas going and telling the, the bookers, you know, well, I'll open for this guy for 500 and then it's like 400 300 Ugh. you know, it starts going down. Yeah. So the days of getting, you know, a couple grand for uh, to be an opening act for a show are gone because there's, they're, and they're all shade tree comics, you know what I mean? They're all just, yeah, yeah. they all have straight jobs, but let's face it, even making $25 to do an opening set at the Improv in Vegas is more money than he gets, you know, washing golf balls out the Vegas Country Club. Right. So they have straight jobs and they right. just, it's like weekend work. Yeah, that sucks. A really lot of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. That's around the country. That's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. There's That's so well, many companies. Yeah. You, you, you go, a guy called me up, and he said, uh, well, you come out to Toledo, you know, maybe you could do like a, do a set out here and do a class. Uh, I go, what? He goes, we have a comedy scene here. I go, a comedy scene in Toledo? <laughs> yeah, we got about 50, 60 comics. 50, 60 comics in Toledo? I mean, we're all making money? No, no, we all have regular jobs. They have regular jobs. There's, there are comics now who right. never intend to leave the regular jobs. Right. Yeah. It's just a good hobby. Ugh. And if you're a young guy, it makes sense, right? Because if you're on a weekend, you're going to go to the bars anyway to try to pick up women. You got a better sh- chance from the stage than you do <laughs> hanging at the bar with the other knuckleheads, right? Put on the Superman outfit, jump on stage for a while, you you beat the Clark Kent stand at the bar. Well, that's a good point. Does it, I, I, you, does it make you mad though when they when you like you meet somebody and they go, oh yeah, I do stand up comedy too? And it's like, oh really? Where do where do you work? And they go, well, I only work uh, in in Torrance, <laughs> the tri-state area. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They don't even they don't even like venture way out. No, it's just no. this, they they work these open mics, open mics, and they say they're stand up. And it's like, ah. Did you ever hear the Schimmel Steve Martin story? No. Uh, I had Schimmel's brother on, Jeff. T- talk I sent about him Bob. a bunch of stories because Schimmel for the book I killed uh-huh. gave me a ton of stories, and I sent them all to, Sh- to Jeff. No, I'd love to hear it. I don't uh, think. I don't think. Well, I, wait, maybe. Go on. Who cares? It's well. Good. You know, when he first got here, <laughs> mm-hmm. Robert Schimmel first got right. here, he uh, on Beverly uh, Stereo in in uh, you right. know in, in West Hollywood. He was a stereo salesman. Right. So I get a call one day for Steve Martin. This is back like seventy nine or eighty. Steve Martin wants his high end stereo. So Schimmel jumps on the call, runs over to the high end stereo. To Steve Martin's house to set up. So he's setting up. He's like, and he told me the story. He goes, I couldn't help myself, man. I got to try to my jokes on Steve Martin. <laughs> Steve Martin's sitting in the room and I'm slowly working, working, you know, so I could, you know, I'm, I'm trying jokes, bombing one after another. Right, right. You know, so finally at one point he just turns to Steve Martin and he goes, You know, I'm a comic too. He just blurts that out. Steve Martin goes, No, you're a stereo installer. <laughs> <laughs> when you make your living doing stand up comedy, then you're a comic. And I, the great part about it is a couple years later when uh, Bill McEwen, who was Steve Martin's manager, Manager mm-hmm. produced Rob Bob Schiller's oh, yeah, yeah, first yeah. CD. Yeah, he got Steve Martin to do the liner notes. Oh, that's awesome! Right, but he was but, but Schimmel told me the story. He's like he, he was absolutely right. Yeah, he said if you're not making you know you're you're not making your living doing stand up comedy. You're not a comic. You know. I remember uh, I worked a lot with uh, Robert before he died, and uh, we were in the green room, and he told me about his first album. He's like he's going to meet a Warner Brothers or something, and he's like if they offer you five thousand dollars. Take it, <laughs> you know. They offered him two fifty, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> 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 
And he and he looked at me and he said, and it hasn't made the money back yet. <laughs> <laughs> but that's when everybody was like, the comedy was gold. Yeah, and yeah. He was like, get on this thing. We're gonna make a ton of money from everybody. No, you're right, man. Shimmel was great. Oh, uh, Shimmel was awesome. I went to the Eagles concert with uh, Pat Francis. This. Uh, comedian turned writer and and we we were just having a miserable time this was like six months ago the, the the band sucked it was one of the worst concerts i've ever seen and we were tweeting how bad it was and this woman was like talking to us she's like oh you don't think it's that bad anyway blah 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 and i don't know so during the we were talking and her husband was there and, and during the intermission yes there's an intermission at the eagles concert uh <laughs> She goes, so what do you guys do? And Pat goes, Murray's a stand-up. <laughs> and she said, oh, so am I. And I'm like, oh, just, oh, really? Are you? No. And my cousin's a stand-up. Yeah, and my and hairdresser's a stand-up. That line in the right. movie, The Big Picture, where it's like, you know, what do you do? I'm a director. And it's like, oh, yeah, Kevin, the busboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Spartacus. No, I'm Spartacus. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's great. Where You were just out with Bill, weren't you? Yeah, we were in... Um, Greensburg, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and uh, did two shows there, and then we flew to Effingham, Illinois, and did two shows. Effingham? Effingham. Did you do yeah. an opening joke about that name? I didn't. <laughs> no? All, I figured they'd all heard it. Really? You don't, you don't okay. need any Effingham. Because every time I go to Old Sacramento, they call it Old Sac. I do an Old Sac <laughs> joke, and they fucking love it. <laughs> they love it. I do it every time, and I'm sure I'm not I'm the sure only one I'm sure yours is a fresh take on the whole thing. <laughs> It, it's the way you accentuate the sack. A lot of guys go the old sack, but Murray's old sack. You pound that sack, and they love that. Come to think of it, I haven't been there in a while. Huh. <laughs> it's the opening joke. Now, you got started out opening for bands, right? A lot of bands, And yeah. you have opened for... I, I started out at Comedy Magic Club as a house MC. Yes, he did. But you've opened for bands. I've opened... Hmm, I went for Coolio. Which one did you eat it in front of? And I think I, I don't know if I told that story on this. Oh one. yeah, I think so. They ate it like a free buffet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horrible. Oh, that's no it. one spoke English. <laughs> Half the class, you know, two thirds of the crowd didn't have uh, English was their second language, so it was like. So I just hear pockets of laughter. It was yeah. yeah, if they're trying to understand the language and try to get the joke at the same time, that's yeah. a lot of yeah. work. And I'm really, I really worked on that set too. I were, I did it in front of Country Club, which was kind of an older crowd, and mm-hmm. I was, I was, I hated it. Oh, I was so <laughs> mad. Was horrible. I had a, I have a friend who is not in the comedy scene. Somebody I surf with, and she's not from this country. And uh, she's like, I want to come see you. Or, and I don't know what accent right. that is. And I'm like, you don't understand me when I'm talking to you now. Why would you want to come? And she came and she was just. Right. <laughs> and then at the end, she's like, I saw you. <laughs> like, I yeah. wanted to do. I don't want to see you. I just want to yeah, see you. Because that's all you did was sit and stare. <laughs> Seemed like the other people thought you were funny. Yeah, yeah. but I saw you. Yeah. So that's yeah. Let's talk about you starting out comedy magic because we never talked about that. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. That's I started out as a as a uh, food waiter, mm-hmm. and uh, they had regular house MCs down there. A guy named Doug Zedon. God to rest his soul. Yeah, oh, really? Had was, a lot of fun with Doug. Cla- he was the, he was like the main. Stay and he was he was big in this in the in the, in the Hermosa Beach area mm-hmm. because of this because he was the house MC. I mean they would have <laughs> nights when it was like Doug's birthday. It was like you couldn't get a ticket. Oh really? In and and it was like this guy's just the house MC, you know. And all the comics came down, you know, and performed for his birthday and stuff like that. And it was so he would go like on vacation and they would need somebody to fill in. Mm-hmm. And so they asked me. And he said, he goes, you should try to do this. And I go, why is that? And he goes, you have a good personality. And uh, he says, you'd be good at this. So he says, all you got to do is keep the show going. You know, introduce the acts. You don't have to be funny. Just say, you know, welcome and here's the show. Oh, you don't so, have to be funny? Well, at the time. <laughs> That'll so come I later. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that'll come later. So I, you know, so I worked out a couple, you know, two or three jokes here and there that I could do. And then when he would go on, you know, so I'd do it for a week, and I would get really comfortable. It was fun. And then he'd come back, and then I was back being a f- food waiter. Right. You know? And so when he would go on vacation, and I'd st- it's like starting all over again, but it was still great. And then finally he left, and uh, they needed somebody mm-hmm. regular, so... Uh, Oh, so you're a comedian. And it was Pat, so is the waiter. Yeah, and then it was then it was uh, my friend Pat Hazel who said, "Look, you have a uh, 
a great opportunity here where you have 10 to 15 minutes on the best stage in the country. Right, right. You need to start working on stuff. So that's how that kind of went down. And it really was because back then when, you know, that was back in, you know, in the, in the 80s and 90s, like you said, right when during the comedy, when, and I got to see everybody. Rich would come down. I mean, uh-huh. in, the, in the green room back there, the, some nights was just insanely talent. I mean, it would be like Rich and Seinfeld and uh, Paul Reiser and Larry Miller just on a night that yeah. just, you know, and Rich might have been working that week. Seinfeld came down to work out a set and he just brought Larry. And, you know, and you would think, oh my God, if the bomb hit the Comedy Magic Club right now, there would be so much great comedy gone. Right? <laughs> there are all these great comics right in this spot. Even though it was 40 minutes south of West Hollywood, mm-hmm. it was better to work out your Tonight Show or Letterman show there than in the improv or comedy store, the Laugh Factory, because it was just this middle America kind of crowd in Hermosa Beach mm-hmm. that Mike Lacey had sort of built there. And comics, every time, there's somebody down there doing five minutes for a Tonight Show. Or right, five minutes exactly, for a tonight yeah. Show. And, uh, you drive it at 45 minutes down just to do five minutes and drive 45 back. Right, it's 20 from my house. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean... That's why I said West Hollywood. Where, where uh, uh, the guy that booked the Tonight Show, Jim McCauley, mm-hmm. used to go, look, you know, he'd go over, probably go over your set, and then you say, "Let's right. go down to Comedy Magic Club and run it." And he'd come down to watch it right. in that environment rather than up yeah. in Hollywood somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So then, how how uh, soon after that did you start taking off? Because I know you've traveled a lot. Yeah, I, even before I, you started working I, I was, with Bill, it was very it was baby steps. But yeah. I mean, uh, like some of the people from the improvs would come and see people at the Comedy Magic Club, and then they say, "Hey, you should come work our club in San Diego." So when I had a of, I took a week's vacation from Comedy Magic Club. I would just go down to San Diego and work that week. I'd still be doing stand up, but it was like, so it was baby steps before I finally, right? I finally left and and started doing it all the time. So, oh, all right. So how how long was that? Those baby steps till? Uh, it was good, probably two years. Oh, that's it would good, be man. In and out, you know, here and there. But mostly, I was just I was just the guy, and I helped book the club in uh-huh. Comedy Magic Club with Jimmy Miller. So. Dennis's brother, in case you're. How many brothers does Dennis have? Two. Two. Oh, because Rich books. Right. R- yeah, well, Jimmy, Rich book- Jimmy's become a big time manager. But oh, it, really? When he started, yeah, when he first moved out here, he was booking the comedy right? Oh, okay. Yeah. What's Jimmy doing? He's managing. He manages. Now? Oh, he manages everybody. Uh, maybe you might have heard, like uh, Jim Will, Carrey. Jim Carrey, Will Ferrell, no, Judd no. Apatow. Um, nope. Um, Not following. Iron Man, Down, Downey Jr. No. Uh, yeah. Wait, who? Big. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Now let's go back to those bands you were opening for uh, early on in your career. Big bands, little bands, local bands. All the work back then. When I started, there were no comedy clubs other than New York and L.A. Really? And they were, were they weren't paying. You know, the improv comic strip and catch in New York and the comedy store and improv in L.A. Mm-hmm. I started in '77. All the work I got was down in Washington D.C. was opening act for bands. My first job, I was hanging out at a place called. The Child Harold. It was in Washington, D.C. The what? The Child Harold. The Child Harold? Yeah. Oh, that's a yeah. good name. Chaucer, right? So, uh, so this guy owned a place. It was a live music band mm-hmm. and place. And he said, I got a band coming down from New York. Everybody tells me you're doing comedy. Because I just hang out at the bar, you know? Right, right. And I, But I was doing comedy everywhere in the city, all these different places. And he, and he said, yeah. He said, you want to open up for this band? I'll give you 50 bucks. It was my first paying job. Oh, so yeah? I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I didn't ask him who. The next week I come back on the marquee out front from New York City, the Ramones. And I had never seen punk. I didn't know, didn't know punk <laughs> wow. existed. Right, wow. I had no idea what it was. I walk in the place. It was like, where'd these people come from? It was like really, <laughs> you know, like you walk in. It was like mohawks, shaved heads, safety yeah, yeah. pins in the cheek. You know, the whole thing that you saw. You know, it was like, right. oh, I, just, uh, they were like 300 people jammed in there. And just the energy was like, Arr, right. <laughs> and I go back to the bar and the club owner's like, they're going to kill you, man. <laughs> he said, you're not going to make your 15 minutes. And I'm like, in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm making a 15. It was like a rodeo event. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm staying on until that buzz goes fifty dollars, man. That's I am, right. I am walking out of here a professional comedian. And, uh, he says, "I'll tell you what, man. You won't, you won't make it." We were, we were, you know. He says, "Well, you won't make it. double or nothing. You don't make five minutes." Oh, really? And I said, "Yeah, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that." You know, I was like crazy. I was young. I didn't yeah, care. sure. I was like, yeah, I'll take that. So he introduced me. You know, I don't know what they said. You know, but all the audience heard was, "Ladies and gentlemen, not the Ramones." <laughs> <laughs> they, they, it was a little small place. You know, I just walked walked through the crowd. They see me walking. They're booing me as they see somebody moving towards the stage it didn't have long hair and a guitar and they're booing me and booing me and and as i get up and there's a six inch riser a little wooden you know platform stage mm-hmm. in front of the audience is right on your tables right up the bar it's a bar they're right up on you right i'm standing in front tra- trapped between amplifiers and drum kit you know and i'm just right in the front
front and then, and they're just screaming and I just have a little act. I just have an act that goes from A to B to C to D. Sure. You know, I get and my mom said, you know, I go like that and they're just booing me. And finally, one guy <laughs> just goes. Well, I can't take it anymore. And he took, they had beer mugs. They had beer, like glass beer mugs. And right. he just shot his beer at me. You know, I just shot yeah. his beer and hit me with a beer. And I just acted like I got hit with ocean spray in front of the boat. Right, right. Shook it off. And anyway, my dad said, I go, <laughs> I don't have any improbabilities. I have no special punk material. Right. I'm just going right back to my little act. And the guy next to him just, well, if he didn't move on that one, here comes another one. And he hit me with a beer. Oh. And and within like seconds, they had become organized. They have a line in front. They hit me with beers. And it was hilarious. My buddy told me later, he said, the, the crowd would cheer whenever they hit you with a beer. And you'd start talking. They'd start boo against you. You're like, <laughs> yay, boo. Yay, boo. <laughs> And the club owners in the back, he figured out like real fast that all this beer being thrown on the stage was not a good idea. Right. You know? So he just got the money out and he's waving. I see him back under the light, waving at it like, "Come on, Larry, yeah, come on, come get it." You know. And I, I don't think I said goodbye. I don't think I gave him another chance to get me. I just like booked off the stage. I go back. I am, I'm literally, I'm soaked head to toe. I had like painter pan overalls mm -hmm. on and and a t-shirt and I kind of like long hair and I'm just soaked head to toe. And I go back into the kitchen where the Ramones are waiting because that was there was no green room. Just back into the kitchen and they're standing. There with their guitars and long. I'd never seen them before. These right. tall, they're tall guys. You know, I go back in there and one of the guys looks at me and goes, Cool act, man. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I did. You know, I was the the human beer sponge, you know. He doesn't get a lot of laughs, but he sells beer like crazy. This guy. That, would, that would have been a quote on your on your resume. It's like yeah. Joey yeah. Ramon, cool yeah. act. Cool man. act, man. <laughs> cool act, man. I don't know which one said it. But. Similar experience to you and Jose Feliciano, right? Yeah. But I mean when I used to when I used to help when I used to help book the Comedy Magic Club with with uh, Jimmy Miller, I would have to go down and see guys. And uh, I remember a comedian, uh, Chris Bliss. Oh, was, yeah, you know, Chris, he's a great comic. Well, you know, he when he when I first started, he was the king of opening act works, big rock stage, like 10,000, 15,000 seat arenas. He was the juggling comedian. Yes. He didn't, it wasn't any comedy to his act. He'd come out and he'd juggle balls, day glow balls with a black light. Like mm -hmm. they set the stage and he'd come out and, he, and they'd he go lead up and wear yeah. white gloves. And I saw him open up for bands, and he they played Led Zeppelin and the Beatles, and he would juggle. Right, That's how he exactly. first started. Yeah. But he was trying to do more stand-up. No, no, in the 70s. I'm just talking about when he first oh, started okay, in the 70s. That was 70s. the 70s. Yeah, no, yeah. in the 80s, I saw right, him. And yeah. he was down at the Coach House down here in Orange County uh, opening for Robin Trower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bridge he, of Sides, man. He, and he says, would you come down? I'll buy you dinner. Just uh, watch the act like this. And I was uh -huh. like, yeah, okay, sure. And... um he gets, they go, you know, it, it, you guys ready for Robin Trower? Yeah! <laughs> but first. That's my, only, my favorite two words, that's the, the but first. Yeah, that's yeah. That's the worst intro. Oh, like this. And, they, and he cut up, and he started to try to do stand-up, and he didn't have two words out, and somebody in the back, you suck, we want Trower. And he just got booed, booed, and then finally he just went into the juggling, and they loved him. Right. He was like, all of a sudden, it turned a 180, uh, you yeah. know? He just put the gloves on and the Deglo tennis balls and put I, on that Beatles song. And I took a little hint from him when I was opening up for a lot of rock bands back there in the D.C. area, and I, I went out and bought these light-up yo-yos. Yeah, uh -huh. you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah right? sure, sure. And I take them on stage. I do a little bit, a little around the world. I go, I had like one joke. I go, walk the dog, and I do the walk the dog trick. Then I go, walk the dead dog, and I'd lay the yo yo on and just drag it across the stage. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's just anything I could do. But I was doing props back then. Yeah, anything, flash paper. I'd do anything in front yeah. of those bands. A lot Any of people though, like Dennis Miller used to do props. People sure don't he know did. that. Yeah, when I oh, first yeah? met him in Pittsburgh in 1980, absolutely yeah. he did. He had brought him comic books on stage. He, he brought had, a little oh, doll. Yeah, yeah. Uh, weird street signs yep. that he would have. You know, it was really funny. Hey, man, if it's funny. Mm hmm. If it's saving your, if you got to walk a dead dog to save your ass. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I learned, I, one of my openings, I used to go out and they'd boo you as soon as you walk out. Because they, they, uh, they weren't expecting a comedian right. you know, back in the late 70s. And they'd boo and I'd walk out and I'd go, listen, man. The band's not coming out for 15 minutes. If you shoot me right now, you're just going to watch my body decompose on stage. <laughs> if that's entertainment to you, go ahead. Otherwise, let me tell some jokes. And usually that would get them like they'd go laugh. Right. But sometimes they'd go, somebody laugh and they go, you still suck. <laughs> no, we'd, you know. I mean, how did you, did you like it or did you, because to me it always looked like, and like if I would go to a concert and there was a comic opening up, mm -hmm. it always seems like you were just filler while people found uh, their seats. Absolutely. And there was All no, the time. All the time. Well, that's what an opening night is. is. That's what it is. That's what you're, look, you're just going over to barbed wire, but, you know, <laughs> laying the barbed wire so the other acts can come over behind you. But, right. But look, I got paid. Right. I got on stage in front of people. I did get laughs. I got reviews. I got, you know, I, right. I, it was working and I was getting paid and there were no comedy clubs. 
So it wasn't like, oh, gee, I'd rather go out to Giggles, you know, yeah, work right. there. There was no other place to go. Right. And then when I went to New York and this started happening, but back then, yeah. It was so did you get asked back after the Ramones? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I got other work. Oh, yeah? I got, no, because it was like, look, they, back then, they have a choice. They're going to get an opening act by contract from the record company. Have to provide opening act. Right? Oh, right, right. So they go, well, I'm going to hire a local band. It's going to cost me at least 500 bucks. I can get this monkey to jump around up there for 75. <laughs> you know, it's a no-brainer. I don't care whether he gets laughs or not. I open up for the plasmatics. I open up yeah, for all really? sorts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus there's yeah. No break. I, and I was there's too no... dumb. I missed. I think I missed the opportunity to Wendy O, too. I, oh, yeah? I, yeah. yeah I, uh, I look back. When I left there, I was looking and went, I think she was coming on to me. And I was like, but I was so stunned by the whole thing. She shot a, a live. I mean, you know, I was, look, I thought it was a magic deck at first because right. she shot a rifle into the ceiling. Oh, yeah. And plaster came down. I thought, that's a cool magic deck. Then after a while, I went, there's no fucking magic deck. <laughs> I'm looking at a hole on the ceiling. She just shot a live round into the ceiling. She chainsawed a television. I mean, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I'm like going, and I think part of, also part of me going, I don't think I really want to tangle with this oh, woman man. naked. Girl who wears duct yeah. tape on yeah, her nipples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she, did. Want... she did. Yeah, she did. But she was real deal man yeah they would blow yeah. i saw him on the tom snyder show and they yeah. blew up the stage or something yeah 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 it was, yeah, yeah. Crazy. yeah that's what you got to do when you have no music <laughs> <laughs> name a plasmatic song hum one right now <laughs> tom snyder had used to have punk bands on all the time as a matter of fact they released a dvd of just tom snyder's episodes with like the plasmatics and early u2 and and really? johnny rotten and yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i guess it'd be johnny lyden by that point Johnny Lydon. <laughs> that, what other band? Now I'm curious. I'm a big music guy. What other bands? Gary just going like, oh, here we go, no, music. No, I, 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 this was the, when you asked me to come do this and you go do it with Rich. I was like, this is gonna be great. I can almost sit back and just listen. Like, people are really. I mean, here, here, here was, here was my. This is the one I all them because of all sorts of other bands, but but but. Do you remember the band called the Band? Oh yeah, I'm a big right. fan. Well, well, they, they they split up after the last waltz. So right like 77 or 78, Rick Danko goes on solo tour. So they called me up from Cellular Productions, which was big in D.C. That mm -hmm. was the big production. And they said, you want to open up for Danko? I'm like, I was a huge band fan. I was like, oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, they go, this is, this is going to be a good, good thing. It's going to be packed. It's a bigger venue than the, the Cellular Door, which is 200. Their big venue, like, it was called the Bayou, and it was about 500 people in mm -hmm. a big bar. And so I get down there, and, I, and he's late, like over an hour late. And so the promoter goes, uh, Dave Williams goes, look, man, they're, they're, they're just showing up now. They're late. You can either go on now and do your set while they're setting up or wait until they set up, then you do opening act set. And I've been doing it long enough to go, I'm going to do it while they're setting up because once they set up, no, they're not going to want to hear anybody but right. Danko. Right. So I go out while they're setting up and I'm talking to the roadies. I'm interviewing them. I'm doing my jokes. I'm throwing my jokes. <laughs> I'm killing. And I build and finally, you know, after interviewing them and talk, and I got all these band references. I'd be, you know, I turn the audience and I kind of wrap up with like five, 10 minutes killer routine I had about going to rock concerts. Just kill the place. And right then it's the, the sound guy gives me the, okay, you don't have time. I go, all right, folks, let's have it for Rick Danko. He's coming out soon. They go, right. And I leave the stage and I have to walk back through the crowd to get to the bar, you know, in the right. back. They're like, hand me shots. People putting <laughs> joints in my pocket, man. They're stuffing my Coke in my thing. They're like, yo, man, you're the best, man. And I walk in the back and and Danko's manager's there, man. You were on, I've seen anybody take over an audience like that since Steve Martin. You're going on tour with us, man. The band members all there are going, Oh my god, unbelievable. Danko grabs me, goes, Man, you're coming on the road with us. Come here. And he takes me back into the dressing room. There's a big plate of cocaine, you know. <laughs> and he goes, Go ahead, man, go ahead, man. Just rock and roll, man. I'm like, I'm in showbiz. I'm in showbiz. I'm going you on the road it. with Danko. I'm going. I've been doing it like six months. I'm like, this is unbelievable. So, you know. <laughs> I go, I'm, I do a couple of lines. I start drinking. I'm getting like, I'm smoking a cigarette. I'm standing back with everybody else to watch him. I'm standing with a new manager standing next to me. I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, yeah, I'm standing. I'm like, you know, the promoter's there. Hey, you, you did it, man. That was never, never better. I'm like, yeah. I'm Dango goes on stage. He gets on stage, starts the first song, goes, you guys aren't ready to fucking rock and roll. And he turns around, drops his trowel, and moons the audience full on and walks off. Now, the band, they haven't really played. When This is not the band. This is a pickup guy. You yeah, know? yeah. So they haven't really played. They're looking at each other going, is he coming back? Is he not? And next thing you know, he walks past us, goes into the dressing room. <laughs> so the manager goes into the dressing room, and I'm going, huh, this is kind of unusual, but I guess it's rock and roll, and these sort of things happen. <laughs> I'm high as a kite, you know. <laughs> next thing you know, the manager comes out, and he stuffs like a bill in my $50, like the, like the you know, the, the Harry Chapin song, the tax, you know, here's 50 bucks in your pocket. He says, go back up there and hold him, hold him. I'm like, I'm your man, I'm your man. And they go back. <laughs> well, 
the sound guy goes, okay, please welcome back to the stage. The, you know, and, and it's like Rich Scheidner. So the band kind of just steps off the guys. They leave mm-hmm. their instruments and go off. And I go back out. Now, I don't realize they didn't think I was a comedian. They just thought I was the funniest roadie they've ever seen. <laughs> but now I'm coming back. And they're like, no, what are you doing back here? The band's set up. The music started. What are you yeah. doing here? And I'm trying to do routines. First of all, I'm out of material. Right. I'm doing bits of Richard Pryor jokes. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm melding them setups with Carlin bits and a punchline from Robert Klein. I'm all over the place. I don't know what I'm doing. High as a kite. And immediately, it's just worse than the Ramones. They are mm. throwing things at the stage, drinks. They're just throwing whole drinks at me. I'm back at a drum kit, like narrating, thinking I'm being funny, like it's a war. The, just stuff <laughs> just flying the stage, near a riot going on. The sound guy's like, come on, get off, get off. And I walk off, and Dave Williams, the promoter, grabs me as I walk off the backstage. He goes, you best not go through that crowd again. <laughs> and he kicks open a metal emergency door and just pushes me out into the alley. You know, <laughs> He says, don't worry, we'll see you again. And he slams the door behind me, and it's raining outside. It's like a B-movie. Right. And I'm out in this dirty, <laughs> trashy you know, alley, rain coming down. I go, I thought I was in show business. What happened here? Yeah. I didn't even get to hear him sing my favorite song, Stage Fright. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> and I did a walk back to my apartment, you know, going, I go, I, and, I, and I call, I remember like idiot, like I called the next day going, am I going on tour with Danko? And I can hear the whole audience laughing. I mean, the whole audience, <laughs> yeah, office, yeah. whole office laughing. <laughs> you thought you were in show business. Little did you realize that you lived the life of show business in one night. In one arc. That's in exactly, one arc. I put in, that in the story. Exact one arc. It was like the entire thing. In, up, down, out. <laughs> That's funny. You, I, we have a segment we call things that have been thrown at you on stage. You've covered that twice. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think, have you ever anything thrown at you lit on cigarettes. stage? Yeah. Lit, oh, lit cigarettes. cigarettes. Lit cigarettes. Lit cigarettes. Everything was coming. Lit cigarettes. Oh, that night? Lighters, just, big oh. lighters, everything. They were the, just the whole drinks were coming. Not like, you know, they're shooting a drink. Like a whole plastic cup of drink would just come flying up. Everything oh. was coming. But did you ever hear Bobcat Goldthwait? Do I, have I ever heard of you, him? You, no, you heard his story about he got actually, when he was opening up for Nirvana, oh, they yeah, actually yeah. threw a person from the audience at him they like slingshot it was a live heckler they actually threw a guy who hit him they threw a guy like reverse stage dive they tossed a guy onto how can the... i follow that with my golf pencil joke? <laughs> like I throw, a golf pencil got thrown at me throw a, go- that's a golf pencil that's a golf pen a little teeny that can hurt you man i know i was wor- i was splinter uh, I got this gig opening up for the Warren Miller ski films. Are you kidding? No. Is that it a band? Was, really? Were, no, no, Warren Miller is a guy that would, that would produce these these uh, <laughs> ski movies every year, and it was basically they would show them right before ski season started mm-hmm. and get people all hyped up to go snow ski and stuff like this. It was, I was a, a documentary s- type yeah. thing, and he does, does one every He did one every year. He still year. does. Yeah. I was a ski tech in college and high school, so we used to go see those all the time. Yeah, so they would have me go on and basically go up. They just wanted somebody that had stage presence and mm-hmm. would, you know, would just tell them where the raffle, you know, in a certain page of the program, there was a raffle thing. Fill it out. We're going to give away some free stuff at, at intermission and, uh, and do all that. And then in case the, if the movie went down, they would send you out <laughs> to fill the time, <laughs> which thank God it never really. The, the, the tech guys were pretty good. They only right, went down right. like I think twice. So I, for the most part, I was just basically going, "Hi, welcome. Here's your program. Fill this out." And then at the intermission, I would go out and run a raffle. And at one point, I <laughs> and I mean, I've been doing probably like twenty dates of it already. So I go out on stage in San Diego. I go out on stage and I go. Um, by the way, fill out the. If you haven't filled out your raffle thing yet, we got two more minutes. I and I have a box of raffle cards like this. And if you fill this out, you know there's some pencils off to the side, and someone throws a pencil at me, and it hits me, it hits me flat against the eye. The point doesn't, but it hits me flat oh against yeah. the eye, yeah. and I just went, "Did somebody just throw a pencil at me?" Well, guess what, people? We're not having a raffle now. And I grab my box <laughs> and I walk off stage. And the, 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 the guy that runs the production, he just goes, look, I understand you're mad. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they just threw a pencil. He goes, but we have a riot situation on our hands. Because they were giving out free trips to Breckenridge and skis and, and, you know, and ski boots and stuff like that. It was all in this raffle. And, and he goes, I need you to go back out there. I need you to go back there and didn't run this raffle. He, he says, 
And I walked back out, and I said, all right, first off, we're going to run the raffle, but I'm not running it until we find out who threw the pencil. And boy, everybody just <laughs> threw this guy under the bus. They just said, this guy did right here. And I went, then you need to go. Nice. <laughs> I go, we're not having it. So yeah, that's, that's, nice. that was my getting thrown something at me. Uh, I, yeah. had to, I had to do a Brutal. raffle one time. I, I got an MC and the headliner, and he called himself a midget, so I'm not... Throwing the word midget around without. I like you know. the word midget. Okay, I don't, but so he calls himself I know a midget. It's not right. That's but. what it, that's what he is. And so he ended. He's like he's like all right. Before I end this um, show, uh, I just want to say this is really exciting because uh, I'm a big fan of porn. And there's this porn actress in the porn star in the audience, and I just want to say I'm a big fan of yours. And she's like, "Oh, thank you." And sure enough, she had big, huge knockers or whatever. She's like, uh, "Would you come up on stage? Can we just come and say hi to me?" And so she comes up on stage and she sits down, and he's like, "Here, have a seat." And he goes, now, you're a porn star, so I know you've seen a lot of things. You've seen <laughs> blah, blah, and he's just starting to all these disgusting, dirty, you've had it in your every, you know. You right, do, you right, all right. But I bet there's one thing you've never seen, and she's like, what's that? A midget give you a lap dance. Hit it! And he, like, dropped the music, and he did his lap dance, and he hopped up on her. He's jumping up and down and grinded on her. Oh and <laughs> it's a show, and good night! And walks off, and him and the porn star flashes her boobs, <laughs> walks off stage, and I walk up with the bucket. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to do a raffle now? Midget, <laughs> <laughs> the porn star. Yeah. No, but they're like, who fucked the raffle? We're not coming back. And they follow the porn star and midget out to the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually a very well-known comedian, Brad Williams. Oh, yeah. You know I, Brad? Yeah, I know of him. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, but yeah. Yeah, I know him. Uh, yeah. He's a short guy. You know, <laughs> you know if you met him. I must have overlooked him. <laughs> Obviously, I overlooked him. Those were I used to, that's so funny. I used to go see those Warren Miller movies all the time. He narrated one live at yeah. He used Brendan to narrate them Arena. all live when the, when he first started doing them, and then somebody said, "Hey, Warren, you know you can put your voice right on the film." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he went, "What? <laughs> yeah, yeah." Al Jolson did it a couple of years ago. <laughs> Dang thing has caught on with everybody. Let me tell you something. You're lucky that film never went down because well, after that, about halfway through, everybody is tanked. Yeah, and those movies, like going to see those movies, are all just because there's an intermission, so people could leave. So they would just go out, and it was like old old ski bums and stuff. They'd all go out and get high, and then come back in and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I. And then after after that incident, getting something thrown at me, I realized, hey, let's get a little kid up here with me to help run the raffle, and then nothing's gonna get thrown <laughs> at a little kid. That's what it was. You That's what I did. I would bring a kid to, to draw the names, you know? Because, you know. It works. Hey, you get a pencil <laughs> thrown at you. You get a pencil thrown at you. You got a you gotta... human shield. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one that grabs the kid. Don't shoot me. That's right. Exactly. You're pulling up hostage situations <laughs> here <laughs> from a pencil. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Full mugs of beer. This guy I, right I, here. Said, this the guy. The thing no that kid. got thrown at me was um, a mailing list card got thrown at me too and somebody huh. and this is when you I have was to like, wad it up right no it was it was they threw it like oh, sailed right, it right. like a card at me and it also hit me uh, thank god it hit me flat again uh-huh. but I was my you only wear s- goggles on stage <laughs> I should now. they're all going after that yeah, same exactly. eye my only saving that because that was at Comedy Magic Club and I couldn't get pissed because the owner you know you couldn't get you know, you couldn't curse or anything. Anymore right, right. That. So I was just like mad. My only saving grace was I was about ready to introduce Rick Reynolds. And Didn't he was a comic him. out of San Francisco. And he had a, a reputation of, he, he would abandon his set just to just to rail on somebody, heckle or something like that. And he was ruthless. Oh, really? And he just, he, I said, please welcome Rick Reynolds. And he walked by me and he goes, did somebody throw something at you? And I go, yeah. He goes, where'd it come from? I go, I don't know. He goes, I'll find him. And he just, he abandoned the set. And he just goes, you know, he, he just went in this big tirade. He's like, you know, as comedians, we're, we're exposed, we're this, you know. And he says, and then some asshole throws <laughs> something at you like this. And then, and then it just kept building. Right, and, and right. And he just talked about how, how horrible audiences have become. And it's like this. And then at one point, you see where the card came from. You see these people paying their tab and just, <laughs> just getting the hell out of the club. <laughs> that was the only other time. But that's, right. yeah. You don't get too many hecklers anymore, though, because you're doing mainly theaters, right? I'm lucky, yeah. I'm very lucky. Yeah. They're all there to see comedy. They're all jacked to see whoever's, you know, Brian Regan or Bill. Yeah. Yingball. So it's like. Yeah, it's pretty rare. We had a drunk guy last night, but... Oh, really? Yeah. 
just shouting out or yeah i just uh, any golfers out there i just yell scratch and they chucked <laughs> another pencil yeah, at you i don't know <laughs> bill was in a bill was on well you was, can't call that a heckler because you asked the question that's True, what's going to comedy oh. school. When you ask a question, even if it's rhetorical, no, you've opened it up. Golf, oh, yeah. You've things. opened it up. You better be ready for whatever True. response comes, you know? I don't think I, I – whatever, yeah. But, <laughs> but anyway, this guy's still – I a prosecutorial <laughs> effort here. <laughs> Mr. Brightwell is a true one. I'm sweating. May 23rd, <laughs> 2013 <laughs> at the Argyle Theater in – Columbine, Ohio. But this guy was like, he was he was obviously just drunk because yeah. Bill's on stage and he's in the middle of a, telling a, a story about being on Dancing with the Stars. Right. And this guy just goes, when are you guys going to get back together? You and Larry and, and uh, <laughs> From the audience? Foxworthy. And Bill's like, well, hopefully soon, but I'm, I'm, let me finish this Dancing with the Stars <laughs> <laughs> story. It's like it was, I like the laid back approach to the heckling. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> he, he really uh, was like, yeah, you know. yeah. those, those people don't really understand they're amongst another 200,000 right, right. people to pay <laughs> money to. Yeah, they're like in their living room. I was just wondering. <laughs> anyway, now, Re you also open a lot for Regan, right? Right. That's awesome. Yeah. They have, they have a lot of kids in the show, right? Kids come to the show. Uh, that's the thing. Yeah, you have to be. You have to be real clean. Well, that's just I just work clean as it is now. But but I mean, yeah, you look out the audience, and there's like there's like eight and nine year olds, and you know, Do you ever get scared like and families. bring one up on stage for you in case somebody in case throws something? someone's gonna throw something? Yeah, man, I mean, you, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be weird working for. I mean, I do the teen tours sometime here at the Improv. Every summer they have a I guess teen tours like something kids do like high schoolers go. They go to Los Angeles for four days, and they take a bus down to San Diego for four days or something. And they have teen tours at the Improv. Oh yeah, there. yeah, but yeah, but that's. seen this is these are like little kids with their families. They've listened to, to like or watched Brian Regan videos and stuff. Oh, okay, and so they're like, oh, we can take the whole family to see a comedy show, and we don't. There's no fear of it being dirty and stuff like that. But there's not, you know, whole groups of kids. It's that's a whole different awful beast. Yeah. I think. Well, they 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 don't. You don't. You don't have to censor your like they t this is a comedy club and like the parents have to sign off on letting them go and they don't tell the comics like you have to be clean or anything and I did it with Ian Bag. Oh geez. and you know Ian? Yeah. yeah and he Ian. just was like, Who's the chaperone here? And he's <laughs> like Jennifer and somehow and there's a lady in the uh, room today, so apologize I apologize. <laughs> he called her Big Muff Jennifer. Because she had a big hair, <laughs> you know, she has a big hairy muff, right? She's not young like you guys, <laughs> you know, or something. BM, big hair, BHM, BHM. He just called her BHM all night and he got off stage. I'm like, you know, she is pegged that for oh, the yeah, rest of it. He's like, hey, man, yeah, yeah. they know what they're getting into. The rest oh, yeah. of her life now. Oh, but those teen ate it up, man. They couldn't, they yes. were just. They were peeing their pants. They were laughing. Rich, so hard. did you have like set heckle lines? Did you have like? Did I developed my own. Yeah, I developed my own. You know, I remember. You know, you just these aside. Say uh, somebody would yell and that you'd be couldn't quite hear what they saying. I go, did anybody here speak drunkenese? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. And I go, uh, and then if somebody come back and said, like, what do you got? Like one brain cell treading in a sea, treading water in a sea of beer. You know. <laughs> right. I didn't mime it out going, somebody throw me a thought. I need a thought. You know, just right, exactly. Yeah. Up your own because you were, I just didn't want to get into, I never liked using the stock lines. And of course, there are a million of them. You know, right. This happens when first cousins marry. Right, right exactly. This is what, you know, I just didn't, I just always wanted to develop my own. And My favorite was always Larry Miller had that when somebody heckled him. And he says, look, I'm funny. You're not. So quit it. <laughs> the most bare yeah, bones yeah, yeah that's great they never understand the hecklers never understand they, they can't win i mean mm -hmm. if the, the only way they can no. win is that the comic loses their cool if you truly get angry up there the audience will turn on you it's, right you, but if you keep your cool you got the microphone you got the lights pointed at your, your elevated stage yeah yeah and bottom line the audience wants you to win oh they yeah want you to win if right. you lose the heckler doesn't go on stage and then starts doing stand-up yeah you know <laughs> right. the show is over yeah. yeah i mean so they want you to win yeah. <laughs> what? Who is it's Wayne Fetterman. I'll tell you. Wayne Fetterman. We're at the improv and he just, he's got no bones for he like heckler. He, dude, shut up. Like that's his, like, yeah, like yeah. there's no like yeah. clever. Yeah. Stop, stop, shut up. No, yeah. I've worked. Shut up. Can he, can we kick him out? See, we, I, <laughs> I, I always had a different, I always thought that most times to me they weren't heckling to disrupt the show. They mm -hmm. were just seeing 
at first whether you were live or not. Are you here in the moment now, or are you just doing the same act you did last night in Cleveland, you're doing here tonight in Detroit, or whatever? And I, kinda, I like to play with them. I, yeah, yeah. I would like that. I know some comics didn't, but I like that. But, uh, you know, there were, there were ones that were antagonistic, and you mm -hmm. could feel it. You could feel it, like that anger or whatever. But most of the times, I like to play with them. I mean, they're, they're, you know what Jerry Seinfeld used to do? He would just stare at them. He wouldn't say a word. <laughs> oh, really? So he would stop talking. You know, they were they said there was a table talking, right? Right. He would stop talking. So pretty soon the whole room is quiet and people would be like, What and everybody's looking at him. And yeah. that would be it. And he'd said something else. But he did that one night at the at the Catch a Rising Star in New York, and it was these guys were mob guys. Mm -hmm. So the guy just when he realized that everybody was looking at him, he just looked at Jerry and he just took his drink and he threw it at him. He was talking about a card. <laughs> wow. His drink goes sailing by his head. Well, they, they quickly jumped up and took Jerry off the stage. You know, and the club owner goes, Jerry, <laughs> right. here's 50. Get out of here. Oh. <laughs> get out of here. Go. Come back in a couple days. Go. It's like the mob guy didn't leave. They didn't. Anybody. Here's another another drink, Rocco. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry you lost your other one. On the house. These things just slip out of your hands like crazy, don't they? But, you know, no, they didn't kick him out. It's the same guy, coincidentally, who broke Joe Pitt. Piscopo's nose a while later. Apparently oh, what happened with that? Guy. Well, Piscopo's on stage, uh -huh. and he used to do a lot of crowd work, you know, where you're from, what you do for a living kind of stuff. And it was like these guys were sitting there talking a little bit, and he goes, what do you guys, what do you look like? You, you dress like your hitmen from New Jersey. Bingo! <laughs> <laughs> on to the bonus round. <laughs> Bingo! He comes off stage, man, they grabbed him, they shoved him in the coat room, beat him up a little bit, broke his nose. Wow, and, and that's uh, when he started working out. <laughs> Shortly thereafter. Shortly thereafter. I gotta get stronger. <laughs> I gotta get a radioactive spider to bite me, and I gotta get stronger. Have you ever you you have you ever been charged or on stage or felt like you were gonna get into a fight? No, really, never charged. You ever been a little like uh, can, I, somebody, always, can somebody, somebody walk I me? I, I think I learned at at Comedy Edge through people like Rich and those like you never give that microphone up. Never, never. yeah. But I had That's that. Never only. give up the stage, man. I got a fist fight on stage. Oh, really? Yeah. In Lansing, Michigan, a place called the Wits End, one of those first clubs open. Mm -hmm. It was a former biker bar. Right. They hadn't really informed all the bikers it was no longer their bar. Right. That kind yeah. of thing. And they just, one of those ones where the first, when they opened up these clubs, they didn't really, they were just a bar and they just converted it. So they had a nice stage, they had a nice new sound system, but they never took the pool tables out mm -hmm. or the video games in the back. They had like, you know, the early ones, you know, like Space Invaders. Yeah, or yeah. <laughs> and I was going on going stage and I told the guy running the club, I said, you're going to shut down the pool tables, right? Because these guys were playing pool. He goes, yeah, I'll shut them down. Well, I got on stage, you didn't shut them down. So, right. you know, you're on stage, you know how it is. Mm -hmm. You're trying to do a joke. Bam. Crack. You know, crashed. Crack. Right. Waka, 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 waka. Pac-Man. Sorry. <laughs> no, just the pool table. These one guys, and they were local guys, and I could tell right off the bat, man, they were looking at me going like, you know, and I'm up on stage, and if I take one woman out of that bar, it's going to extend their scoreless streak to 378 days. <laughs> right, you know? right. I mean, they were just kind of looking. You know, sometimes you look that. You just go, I know that look. And yeah, yeah. Like, and so I was like, you know, hey, guys, you know, if you wait until the game, the, the, my show's over, I'll, I'll play you for beers, man. I, you know, whatever. You know, Oh, like, that's cool. F you. They just start right off. And so we start going. And one of the guys was wearing, I think it was an REO Speedwagon t-shirt. Mm -hmm. So I saw that and I went in on that. What are you, an REO Speedwagon fan? He goes, yeah. So that's a limp dick band. <laughs> limp dick band. That's a limp dick t-shirt. You're a limp dick guy. You know, I just started going after him, you know, hard in that way that I knew was, you know, and he snapped and he ran to the seat. He threw down his cue stick, which I knew right off the bat was not, he was not a smart guy. Right, right. Because if you're in a bar fight, bring the cue stick. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and he charged the stage. And the funny thing was, the guy told me afterwards, he's trying to, he's like, he puts his hand up, like he's getting on stage, like he's crawling up the stage. He put, like, I'm going to pull him up. Like, I'm going to help him up. Yeah. So, Let me help you kick my yeah. ass. Yeah. 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 Help, please. We're <laughs> fighting. We're fighting on stage. We have a fist fight on stage. And wow. finally, you know, I throw him off. And, uh, and uh, but the insane part was, I actually think I can start the show again. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I go to the back to the mic, a shirt's ripped, you know, hair's all messed up. So, anyway, you know, have you ever noticed when you got a rental car, you know, and it's like, right, it's like they're only like, no, you're psychotic, man. <laughs> and I talked to Robert Klein years later, and uh, Klein said, I did the same thing. He had a fist fight in a bowling alley in the Bronx or something. Really? And he goes, same thing. I had a fist fight with this guy, yeah. and the fist fight was over, and I turned to the audience and took the mic and started trying to do my act again. <laughs> They're like, no, no. Yeah. Nice fight, no jokes. Yeah, well, there's that famous, that video of the guy hitting, getting hit by the guitar. Oh, that's unbelievable. Yeah, Ken oh, Moore was the comic. Right, right. And he, in Heckler, and he hits the guy with the guitar, and then there's that moment where he's, he's slowly, you know, 
putting the pick back in the guitar. <laughs> no, like this. Right. But there's no there's no back to the guitar because no, he's can't, he's he actually tried to start again. Yeah, to yeah. play again. And then it, <laughs> you know he, he tries to get the audience back on his side. He's mm-hmm. Like, come on, folks. The this guy this guy came at me. What do you say? And then there's not even a like. No. Uh, it's immediate. He no. asked for like, folks. No way. Right? He asked yeah, for yeah. folks. Right. And he went no. But before when he did it was. The guy, because I, I interviewed him for I Killed. We were oh, okay. The, and Random House didn't want the story in the book because they said, well, the video's online. Everybody can see it. And we, oh, but right. it's a great whole background. The guy was sitting in front talking a lot. One of those guys talking a lot and constantly heckling at just a very low level, constant heckling of the comedians. And he'd uh-huh. been doing it for weeks, and every comic was sick of this guy. Local drunk. And right. So when he took his guitar and he, and he threatened to hit the guy, the whole audience was like, yeah, they're cheering, like, yeah, like joking, right? Right, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And he got carried away. He said, I don't know. I've been on the road too long, but I heard him <laughs> cheer for you to do it. And I, something in my mind snaps says, they want you to do it, do it. And he hits this guy. And, like Gary and, said, it, and it back. shuts them. They're, they're yeah. cheering, and then and it he, happens. And then it's just like, it's instant ooh. silence. <laughs> and then he takes his guitar back, and you see it, like Gary said, the whole back is shredded. And he puts it on and strapped back on like he's going to play again, right? <laughs> and then he finally and, and he, looks, he goes, he asked for it, right? And the horns goes, no. Like this. And then he just goes, all right, show's, show's over. over. <laughs> exactly. That's my favorite part. Like best. it could possibly continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, show's <laughs> over. And somebody's going by, and there's a camera, just a single camera sitting in the back of the club, right? And people are going by the club, and somebody goes, well, that wasn't comedy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some drunk guy. Well, he got arrested. Back. He actually went to jail. Oh, did he go to jail yeah, for assault see, or something? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, they arrested him that night. Did you? Oh wow! Did you ever just off that? Because I remember, I think, did you know Fran Salamita? Yeah, great, great documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever go work up that Boston area? Up oh there? my God, yeah. That just when made, it first started, it just made that, me think of that. Sorry. Yeah, back in like again, it was like 1980. I don't know. It was like one of the first ones that mm-hmm. they they started because they had this local scene in Boston, but they finally were like, you know, they, they we got to bring some outside talent in once in a while, you know. So. I was in New York and willing to go anywhere and do anything. They go up to Boston. So mm-hmm. I go up there and it was, I didn't know any of these guys. Steve right. Sweeney, you know, Lenny Len, Clark, all those Lenny guys. Clark. And Lenny brought me up to his intro. This is, I love this. You know, first <laughs> of all, they put a lot of comics in front of me. They ran the crowd hard before me. Oh, yeah. At least an hour and a half show. A little initiation <laughs> for yeah, the yeah, New York you know I mean? uh, big gig. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, then, and then Lenny, after all that, he goes, all right, let's bring up our headliner. You know, Lenny, he's like, He's from New York City. <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted to like a little bit of mumble. I don't think you heard me. You know he's got to be funny because oh. he's from New York City. And they're booing. He goes, all right. And he goes, I never forget. He goes, all right. That's what I'm looking for. Bring Rich. And I went up and I did fine. You know, yeah. and, and I come off and then he goes, you're all right. You can take a punch. Let's go drink. <laughs> so, nice. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, tell us a little about your book. Is it still, still available? Yeah, I killed. Yeah, yeah. Still available. Awesome. Electronic, uh, Amazon, used copies. I killed. Good. Excellent. Good. Tell us a little bit about it. It's uh, comic road stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just got uh, Jay Leno, Chris Rock, uh, everybody we could, Jerry Seinfeld to give stories, put it in a book. Excellent. Little road stories. Oh, all right. Awesome. Funny road stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a podcast that touches on that subject. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you coming back and doing this again. Thanks, man. And I appreciate Gary's girlfriend for sitting here and uh, laughing and smiling and looking pretty over she there. Was the the audience, I kept looking over to her. She was I the noticed audience. you playing to her. I go, I got one. I know you two guys. You have to. <laughs> you know, but I'm looking. Like, am I winning here? Am I getting a laugh there? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know I'm such a sick comic, man. <laughs> I got an audience. Yeah. You got to play to the audience. Oh, man. No, Harry, perfect. Set you up right across from her. All right, so what's next for Gary Brightwell? Um, nothing. Still doing the Sirius XM show with you and uh, Engvall, mm-hmm. and um, just traveling, telling jokes. You got dates coming up, though, don't you? Um, this is going up tonight. So I was going up tonight. Um, yeah, I think I was in. I'm thinking we're going to be in like Cheyenne, Wyoming at the okay. end of May, and, uh, and, a, and a couple other places. Okay, but cool. Yeah, you can check my website out. GaryBrightwell.com. What's going on with Rich? We heard a little well, bit about it. Well, it's coming up tonight, and it's local. At, at, on May 24th, Memorial Day weekend, I'm going to be at Bob's Espresso in North Hollywood on Lancashire Boulevard, a little right. coffee shop doing that one-man show. Cool. Boy meets funny. Boy loses funny. Boy gets funny back. That's your show. Well, now you know how it ends. Run the end of the show. Very and then you're going to be in Vegas. Uh, yes. In June, right? May no, May twelfth through eighteenth, okay. Laugh, Laugh Factory. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Murray. Oh, that's oh, yeah. good. That's a good gig. Yeah, yeah. Harry's Basil's. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Green room. That's great. the greatest thing about that room is because it's Vegas. 
it's like it's it's got a real low ceiling and it's set up perfect it's for a comedy. Good so even if it's like a light room, like there's it's not if it's not sold out, that's mm-hmm. right. it's not gonna happen with Rich. <laughs> Notice how I sucked up right there, uh, but it, it still feels like a comedy show. Yeah, you know, even though they're if they're if they're sat loosely, it's 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 still really no, it's good, a good, a good, it's good, a good comedy room. room and Harry like, has that party on Friday nights every once in a while that comics get together in the green room. Oh, does he? I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I but he only does it sporadically. Never does there. Oh, well, it's He's great. He's got the rod. You guys, stuff you guys should come there. with it's me. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> no, no, I think only like, the comics he likes. <laughs> I think he had one like for Carlin's birthday, maybe. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah something like that because I was with Dennis Blair, and you know. Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah, a cool Blair, little hangout. Great. It's a cool little hangout. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for coming. Uh, thanks real for quick, uh, like us on the Facebook page. Uh, if you haven't written a review on iTunes, uh, go ahead, take a few minutes out of your time. I really, it really helps the show. And um, you should sell T-shirts. Oh, I have T-shirts. <laughs> uh, they're at Story <laughs> Merchandising. Um, oh shoot, I don't have the new one for you. I'll have to uh, get it to you next time I see you. I think you got a one last time you were here. Um, no, I didn't get one, man. You didn't? No. I All always I did was come back here. You had no AC. I perspired. I gave you a little water. I gave me a little water last time. Literally a little water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> budget's gone thank you yeah. really thank you thank oh, you. so glad so check out Estoy Merchandising for those t-shirts and uh, um, oh real quick the May, uh, San Diego date for Comics on Safari got uh, canceled we're rescheduling that but we'll be in Ventura and Irvine next month I, some people tweeted at me about that uh, and uh, that is all thanks thank you guys so much and no when these guys you. come to your town man go see them they're really funny Definitely thanks a lot you, thanks Murray alright bye you wanna know about life on the road it's these tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and these fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> trunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone, one big law and order marathon.